uh, the I am resurrection and I am the way, as John tells us, and we'll bring them both together. If you got your Bible this morning, go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 11, verse 25. We'll read in just a moment. Our text today originates from the time of Lazarus' death. Jesus referring, he's addressing the sisters, Mary and Martha. Four days have passed since this man has died, and Martha told Jesus that had he been here, he would have died, not have died. It's likely up to this moment, Martha still did not know who Jesus really was. She was still questioning his existence, and so Jesus tells her that her brother will rise again. And in her doubt, in the moment of her not understanding who Jesus was, she misunderstands. Church, it's very important that we don't misunderstand the Word of God. Because when we hear the Word of God, sometimes we get a tendency to hear what it, the, the Scripture says, but we read over it so fast we don't pay any attention to it. And we misunderstand, and we get misdirected, but the Spirit wants us to slow down and listen because He does not want us to misunderstand. So let that happen this morning. Slow down and listen. Don't think about lunch. It'll take care of itself. Let's think about the moment. Many of us doubt, don't we? We misunderstand, and it's important that we have complete, clear understanding of Jesus in our present life. Jesus told her, he said, he told her, he said, this is what's going to happen. And this is where we find our text today. So read with me, John chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Doesn't it seem odd? Just hear me for a moment. For him to say, I'm the resurrection and the life, doesn't resurrection signify new life? I mean, the only way you can be resurrected is if you're first dead, right? So if you're dead and he resurrects you and he puts you to life, then why does he say life? Resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Church, de death is very much a part of life. Jesus never promised that we would not die. He never told us we would not go through tribulation. We would not go through heartache. He never told us that these things would not transpire. But he is telling us here that though we may die, we will live. Death, again, is much a part of life as life itself. But it's not the final curtain. Jesus came and he gave us life and life more abundantly, the Bible says. So today, we're going to talk about how, who Jesus really is and who he really is to each and every one of us. Who is your Jesus? Have you ever found yourself in a place where you felt like you was dead? Obviously, before you come to the knowledge of Christ as your Savior, you was dead in your trespasses and sin. 
He was your resurrection. But, but if I challenge you just for a moment, if Jesus has to signify in verse 25 that he's the resurrection and the life, then I have to believe that he's more than just your Savior. Come on, somebody. There's more to this man Jesus, this God Jesus, God made into the flesh, than just somebody that comes along and gets you and puts you into the pool. You see, the problem with the American church is that we've come to the place, we're on the side of the pool of Bethesda, and we're looking at the pool thinking, boy, if I can just get in there, something would miraculously happen to me. But the problem is, we sat there for 30 some odd years, this is just completely revelation to me, we come there, we sat there for 30 some years and we think well if someone would just pick me up and get me in there I could be whole but Jesus is trying to tell us in this moment that he's not just your savior he's your life and if you'll just that's good preaching right there I should should say show myself that wasn't in my notes that's pretty good he calls himself the resurrection what does this mean? If you look at John, I'll have her pull it up for me. John chapter 6, verse 38 through 40. John chapter 6, 38, verse 38 says this, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me that, listen to this, that all, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up on the last days. What's he talking about? You're not going to lose anything with Jesus. You may seem like in the moment you're living in right now that everything around you has been lost. Maybe you've experienced loss recently. Maybe you feel like you've lost emotionally. But I've come to tell you this morning that in the last day, all of that's going to be restored to you because you will lose nothing. I can tell you this morning that you're going to gain something. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together because God is for you, not against you. Look at verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. There's that life again. So he don't just raise us from the dead. He takes us to everlasting life. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that our destiny, we don't lose anything. We we have done wrong. Every one of us in this room was born into sin, and there's nothing we can do about it. But what we can do is choose Jesus. And in this moment when he's resurrected us from the dead, he is the life and is looking to somebody that is excited about the everlasting life that's to come because you're not losing nothing, church. You're gaining everything. Come on, somebody. We'll skip down to verse 44. He says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. That is hope. Sometimes there's nothing we can do for that friend. There's nothing we can do to change their mind on their present circumstances on how they believe or don't believe in Jesus. 
But what we can, can do is pray to God that he, he would draw them into his bosom. We can pray and ask God, draw them close to you. And the promise is given that if he'll draw them, that before the last day, the hope of glory and everlasting life and resurrection is brought to you right here as he says, I will raise him up. And if you read anything in scripture and, the, and, and God the Father is speaking, he is not ever going to stop fulfilling his promises. Are you listening to me today? So when he says, I will draw him and I will raise him, we should be thankful today to know that the promise is not upon our uh, abilities or our knowledge of the word of God. It's not upon the church. It's not upon your friend even. It's that you would ask God to pray to God that you would draw them, oh God. Man, we've got to get to the place in the church once again. We get excited about people that should be saved. The old life, the death, the judgment no longer exists under this resurrection. I'm talking about Jesus. The death, the old life, the judgment no longer exists. Every time the enemy tries to bring up your past, you need to tell the devil, I don't want to hear that. It's already under the blood. We don't talk about the blood like we once did. We need to realize the blood is still as powerful today as it was the day that Jesus bled on Calvary. And we're going to proclaim that the blood of Jesus saved my soul. And I'm going to get me worked up. (laughs) Death can no longer affect the believer. I said, death is no longer a problem. We should not fear death, but we do. We shouldn't worry about it, right? Because he is life. How can we possibly die when he's life? The difference is we close our eyes to this normal. And we open our eyes to the new normal. And the new normal would never let you down. Why? Because my Bible tells me, Brother David, that he's life. And if he's life, then I don't care what this old world does. I don't care who does it. I don't care what their name is and what position in the government they are. They can change nothing about the promises that God has given you and I. We should be thankful today that because he is the life, then nothing around us has to ever affect that. Jesus calls himself the life. John chapter 6, verse 51. I am the living bread which come down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. He will live forever. He will live forever. How long is forever? And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Jesus is your life. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. You could not pay the debt that was asked of you. You was not able to do that, nor could we ever pay for it. But freely, Jesus come in the form of a babe 
and died for our sin that the perfect blood of God would flow down Calvary and flow into you and I's life and the resurrection of the dead would be sealed and the life of the body be sealed. There's nothing. If we get excited about anything else in the church, let's get excited to know that the life of Jesus is what's going to help us in this world. He makes us spiritually alive too, don't he? John chapter 5 now. Scripture tells us in verse 21 and verse 26, John 5, 21 says, For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will Verse 26 says, for as the Father has life in himself. For as the Father has life, where does the life come from? Where did your life come from? Verse 26, for as the Father has life in himself. As the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in Himself. <laughs> this is important because we need to realize who Jesus is to us. He's not just the man that died on a cross and we have followed for hundreds of years and called Him the Lord Jesus and we believe that He paid the price as the perfect Lamb. That is all true. But if we stop there, we stop realizing the Bible calls him life. Jesus is the life. Model after Jesus because he is the life. The sainted dead shall rise to life. We know this to be true. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, this is where we should, get, we should get really excited again. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13 says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrowful as others have that have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him with him those who sleep in Jesus. You know why we sleep in Jesus? Because he's life. We're not dead. We're just asleep in Jesus. How can you really die if you're alive in Jesus? Just because you close your eyes, you're asleep in his arms. Think about it. Verse 15 is for four is, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will ascend from the heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead and Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together. In other words, the rapture. And with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. 
The word of God brings comfort to the body of Christ. Do you realize that every time that we are speaking the word of God, we're prophesying the future? Because there's nothing about this word that is only past. Everything about this word is future. I want you to understand this morning, church, that we come here this morning with the hope that one day that we're going to walk the clouds with Jesus. Yes, you're going to walk the clouds with Jesus, but you got to give your heart to the life. I said you got to give your heart to the life because without life, you're dead. No one else paid that price on Calvary, but life did. The life that was in the Father was given to the Son. We should be continually thinking that this resurrection, this resurrection was not just about dying, it was about living. He could have died and went back to heaven and been the perfect lamb, died for our sin, and it would not have changed anything. But he rose again here to signify to us that he's not just the death, but he's the life. He wanted us to see and he wanted to emulate. You see, because that's what leaders do. They show those around them that follow them what they should do. And Jesus wanted them to see not just that he was Jesus and Son of God. He wanted them to see that when he said that he was the life and the resurrection, that he literally meant they will come back. We are so blessed. But he goes on, and we look at John chapter 14 and verse 6 here. I'm bringing, I am life into this. So he says, he is the way, truth, and the life. Jesus said in verse 6 of chapter 14, said, Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life is what he's trying to tell us. No one comes to the Father except through me. Have we seen that terminology already? Church, he wants us to know this morning that in all that you're going through, all that you're going to go through, and all you've been through, and what struggles and what victories and what pains and Things that God has done for you over the years that you've served him as a Christian. He wants to continue to remind everyone, every one of us in different times, in different places in our walk with God. That yes, he is the way, he is the life. But he's also the truth. When we're in a culture that continually, and, and it, like on a daily, lies to us to control the narrative of what they want us to believe. He wants you to see that he's not just the way in the life, but he's always the truth. So when we seek after God, we are seeking after the truth of the, of the gospel. We're seeking after the truth of who he is to us and what he means to us. John chapter 1, verse 4. 
I'm going to read this and I'm going to be done. Sister Jane, if you'd like to come on up and go ahead and begin to play softly. John chapter 1 and verse 4 says this, In him was life. That same chapter talks about him being the word. Jesus is the word. He's the life. He's the way. He's the truth. What more do we need? (laughs) In him was the life, and the life was the light of men. Church, we are in a time of darkness. And I only fear that it gets darker and darker and darker. The lie becomes greater and greater to the point that many, maybe in the church, will begin to believe the lie. But I stand flat-footed behind, in front of you and, and remind you that the only truth that matters is found between the pages of this book. And if you need to know what's happening, don't turn to the newspaper for truth. Turn to this for the truth. Because he would not have called himself the truth, the way, and the life if he didn't literally mean it. The problem with the Christian of today is that we don't visit this book and we wonder why we're weak destitute and broken and 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 disconnected and isolated because we stopped being unified with the body of christ because we forgot who he is i stand here today to remind you he's the resurrection he is the life he's the truth and he is the way stand to your feet this morning Today, I want you to walk away with a thought on your mind. Who is Jesus clearly to you? Up to this point, has he just been the the man that died on the cross and made a way for you to make it to heaven? Or is he truly the life flowing through your veins? Because I venture to say that if he's our life, church, We'll do things and emulate that because he's good leadership and we'll follow his examples. Let go of fear. Let go of the fear of death because in Jesus we have life. We don't have death in Jesus. Though we might close our eyes and fall asleep here does not mean we're dead. It only means we're that much more alive. Don't fear it. You need to walk out of here and you need to begin to pray, God, I need you to draw so-and-so into your church, into your... And don't give God limitations. Don't tell him what he should do. Just tell him to draw him. Because God knows better than we do and he'll do it the way he wants to do it. And that's all right with me. And if you know him, brothers and sisters, if you truly know him, you will live. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Let hope ring in your head today and remind you in your spirit that you will live if you know him as your personal Savior.
if he is your Lord and your everything, he is your life. The bottom line to our message today is the fact that Jesus, Jesus is the only way. There's no other way to, the, to heaven except for through him. You can't decide to go a different way. I'm sorry, it just don't work that way. He is the only way, but yet he is the truth for this life. Church, he is your truth. In a time of lies, in a time of false narratives, be reminded that when you feel ungrounded, turn to Jesus, the Word of God.